0: The reaching, 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 the star reaching, reaching, reaching. I am Coach Cameron And I see a whole army of little soccer warriors Here in defiance of odds of control coaches and parents You've come to fight As free players And free players you are What will you do without freedom? Will you fight?
1: No. Not against them. They're too scary. They scream at me repeatedly. And if I don't comply, they will take me out of the game. And I'll be embarrassed and ashamed. So will I fight? No. There's too many. I can't fight. I don't want to be subbed off. I want to play. So I'll do what they say.
0: Aye. Fight, and you may be subbed. Comply, and you'll stay on the field. At least for a while. And retired many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all the games from this day to that? For one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell the parents and coaches, shut up and no more. This is our game, not yours. And to tell them that they may take our game, but they'll never take our freedom.
1: Got to make sure I'm not I'm not muted. This is episode 725. I lost my mind. It is a, a crazy time. I yelled at a Facebook friend uh, yesterday because I lost my forever loving mind. Comment, let us know if um, you've been yelled at by a friend on the soccer field. I've done it. Um, I didn't know who he was at the time, Larry Hubbard. I apologize for absolutely nothing. I don't like your conduct, and we're going to talk about that in a second. And I I was just telling my wife, I'm like I'm trying to do power of now. I'm trying to be just. Be happy and be nice, and I can't do it. Um, And mainly because of that episode right before uh, we went from four viewers to three, so that must have been Larry Hubbard. Um, Anyways, uh, yeah, it's like, are we fighting for what is right? And I'll tell you that story uh, uh, in a second, but um, we have uh, Bo Byerly. I did an interview with him early in the week, and we're going to show. show that interview, which was amazing, by the way. He talks about contact time and the money affiliated. So parents, uh, if you want to know more about how to justify what you're paying and, and do some comparisons and be able to talk to your club, hey, you know what? I, I should be paying this amount of money because the contact time doesn't make sense. And plus, my kid's not getting better. Um, so it, it's it's very good to put a very simplistic uh, way of understanding how much you're paying, dividing by by number of hours, you're actually senior coach or whatever the club is providing, games and all that stuff. He's going to cover that and it's wonderful and he's going to tell you value of certain clubs. Uh, you know, this club is, costs you 75 bucks an hour. This cl- club only costs you 9 bucks an hour. Um, all based on contact time. So I, I did lose my mind and we're going to talk about that with the Phoenix Surf. Uh, Phoenix Surf, you are a name and you are a joke. And you are just as good as anyone that represents... You wearing that jersey. Same with State forty eight and any other club. So they all suck. And I want to talk to you about the suck of the surf. And uh, we have another pedophile arrested. And uh <laughs> what? Megan. Megan always count kind of myself. Every time we talk about pedophiles, is there a link? I don't know. <laughs> Killing Megan Ripino every Sunday, at eight PM Mount Standard Time. Thank you so much for joining us. Always comment, like, subscribe to this podcast, share it if you like any of the content. Which some you'll like, some you won't, and um, I hold nothing back. So uh, let's go talk about uh, Jetscape. So we show up, and we're very, very below average team right now, and we're, we're trying to fix those things. And we're playing a team that's supposed to be of our level, and uh, the game's going is it's it's pretty even, and then suddenly uh, two subs come on the field. These monsters, Jack. You should have went. How come you didn't support Jet? And by the way, El Rojo is here. What's up, El Rojo? He has no mic,
0: though.
1: Rojo. What's up? You can scream it out. What up? Yeah, he's here. He has no mic, but he didn't go Jets game. Really appreciate that. Way to support it. And you could help me. See, you know, I screamed at another human being on the other side of the field, telling him to shut up and uh, stop talking. He's joysticking. I was like, let me go to my car, get my uh, uh, Xbox uh, joystick and give it to you. Cause he's just like, ah, oh, dude, don't even go through. It. He's like, would not shut up? And I'm and I lost it. I'm like, shut up. I was like, shut up. Stop talking, you joysticker, you big joysticker. Uh, I was annoyed. Did, and but the thing is it was nothing of value. And I get, yeah, he's a lower level coach or whatever you want. To be but you're 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 the surf isn't that what you're paying for surf isn't that you're paying high dollar for that your Rembrandt, congrats you have a club you collect a lot of money because it says surf but fix your coaching where's development it doesn't exist and and here's the problem and i shouldn't go out in society At all, I shouldn't be at youth soccer games because I'll lose my forever loving mind. And I did, and I'm embarrassed, and I feel shame and all that. But in the heat of the moment, I do lose my mind, especially when the opposition is stacking their team. So this is what happened. And and 50% of what I'm saying is probably true. Who knows? But it's pretty darn close. We're playing, and then these two monsters, the two biggest kids on the field, Hispanic, unbelievable, high-level players, show up in the field. It's like, go, go, go. Run through kids faster than everybody, bigger than everybody, more technical than everybody, and so I called a uh, uh, coach, Sergio Campos, who coaches in the same club, Surf, and he's also my assistant coach at PC. And I'm like, "Hey, did you loan any players out? You know, are you playing any games right now?" He, he has like, I don't know, they're one or two in the state Surf, uh, Surf team, and uh, I'm like, it, it, "Did you have any games today? No. Did you loan any of your players out?" And he's like, well, yeah, you know, number 21, 22. Uh, it, yeah, because they didn't have enough players or whatever. I'm like, you evildoer, evildoer. They had seven players on uh, uh, on the bench. Seven. They, they didn't need them. They just had to win that day. And I get it, whatever. And here's the thing. Fine. Stack them, but teach. Like, take those high-level players that should not have been on that field. Take those high-level players and make some rules for for them. You know, combine with the weaker players so they can get better if you're going to stack your team. Have them at least develop the the ones on your field and make some rules for them. If you lose the ball once at this lower level uh, league you stepped into, uh, you're subbed off. Don't don't let them smack. I mean, they were hitting upper Vs from like 30, just pounding it. Luckily, no one got hurt. But it's a problem. Do you do that? Comment. Let me know. Do you stack your team so you can feel good and win? Shoot, I do at Phoenix College. I recruit. That's my job. I pay for it. Did you pay those poor kids to play in that field and destroy those little kids? Did you? Well, good, because, you know, these uh, child labor laws in America is ruining the development of the youth in the workforce, so whatever. I don't know. It's a problem, and I'm not a fan of it, and Phoenix serve. You are now officially my enemy. And then I find out this morning we're, we're actually in the Phoenix Surf Tournament. We're pulling out. Keep the money. I don't care. Goofballs. Anyways, I don't know. But on to our pedophiles. Uh, so Feds and his links to Arizona is your coach a pedophile. We're going to find out in a second. Feds child porn sweeps on Telegram app. Leads arrest of a Chicago man. More than a dozen others. A Chicago man faces several child pornography charges in Cook County after a federal investigation infuriated the encrypted social encrypted social media app Telegram and found a cross-country uh, network of people sexually exploiting children. Uh, the Sun Times have has learned. So it goes on. And it has ties to Arizona. The Homeland Security investigation in Arizona, dubbed Operation Swipe Left, led agents to Norris Nick Stauffer, 27, who's charged with disseminating, disseminating child pornography at Show. And so there's a dozen dozen of them in Arizona. And Eric McLaughlin, deputy special agent in charge of the Homeland Security investigation in Phoenix, Arizona, said that the defendants charged... Come from more than a variety of backgrounds than H uh, Man and this other guy. They included a youth soccer coach and a music park employee and a son of a police officer, McLaughlin said. Now, they didn't say which soccer club or which coach, so I'm sure that's forthcoming and we're going to find out. But guess what? There's another pedophile. Oh, do you? I don't. Uh, there's a video behind there we got to throw in, Jack. Behind this. Well, don't hit. Yeah. Oh, right there. Th- throw that in. Check this out.
2: This afternoon, parents say it's tough enough getting kids. Oh. I have a longtime soccer coach who often supervises young girls, is now in custody tonight, swept up in a child pornography sweep. Channel 2's Ross Cavett live in Ackworth. And Ross, police are revealing how they zeroed in on the suspect and why they want him held without bond. Well, this warrant we obtained earlier today says police asked that Shainer be kept behind bars because they considered him a... Threat to other children. Uh, investigators were continuing to work on this case when I talked to them late this afternoon. Parents say it's tough enough getting kids involved in these kind of activities without something like this. Get them out of, you know, the
0: home and away from computers and games and get them involved.
2: Emily Click is a parent who likes her eight-year-old daughter to get out and participate in athletic endeavors, but this case in Ackworth makes her wonder. Atworth police say information from an Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force led their detective to this apartment complex where they seized computers belonging to Mike Shainer. The arrest warrant says detectives found dozens of images and seven videos of suspected child pornography. Shainer is jailed without bond. His social media profiles list him as a soccer coach affiliated with the Marietta-based Southern Soccer Academy, the group boasting some 500 youth teams in various age categories. Chainer's posts show he often coaches teams of young girls. The Soccer Academy told me they were shocked by news of this arrest. They say they background check anyone associated with the Soccer Academy. He said he was a coach with them. Police say the discovery of the items on his computer.
1: Yeah, so they're everywhere. Watch your kids around men. Soccer coaches, it's a problem. They're everywhere, so don't just drop off your kid and say, hey, good luck. But speaking of, like, being around these Pedophiles—they're everywhere. And Chelsea, oh look, we're Chelsea. It doesn't matter. Name brand means nothing. Sir Chelsea, P- PSG, RSL, Rising—it means nothing. You know, you know, it means everything. Who's wearing the jersey inside? Who's that coach? What are they doing? Are they belittling kids? Are they feeding their own ego? Are they just doing everything they can to win to buy borrow players, just to smash fifth division teams or whatever division we are? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a problem and. And, and it, it's horrible. I feel horrible that I have to yell at people and stuff like that because I'm frustrated and I'm trying to, you know, somehow get my kids to be able to handle the adversity of they're dealing with of playing competition. Uh, finally, we we got destroyed in the fall. We're like, OK, finally, they're dropping some divisions. But don't worry, the surf. will just add players to it. Good job, Joe Remlitz. Way to have supervision. Jason Rowe, uh, you're all evildoers right now in my book for at least 72 more hours it's a problem and whatever i have no friends none i don't need them because i just want to say the truth oh yeah you got to be politically and you know but no why just call it out for what it is like i said i'm sorry but i'm not i don't know i have issues but you soccer made me this way a asa your fault all you soccer clubs that are making making a killing off it. Not and the thing is, you're making money on you soccer. That's fine. Oversee it. Like, try not to have pedophiles in your club. That, that that would be a starter. How about know who your coaches are? No, just let them do whatever they want. Let them scream at kids, let them borrow players and just run up the score and all that. Uh, it, they're one in my same one in the same. If you have no supervision, you're gonna have pedophiles in your club. So that's what we had. We have it with surf. You're gonna have pedophiles in your club. That was guaranteed. You have zero supervision. It's not about development. Mm. Well, sorry about the rant. Anyways, we have Bo Barley on, so we're now going to turn over the time over there based on contact hours. And make sure you comment, like, subscribe to this podcast if you like the craziness. Or not. Just remove yourself from the podcast because it does get a little heated as far as what I see and where I'm going mentally because you soccers drive me sane. No, sorry. Insane. So great uh, portion coming up with Bo Byerly. We're going to run it right now, and then we'll finish up the podcast. Enjoy this segment, and we'll be right back. It's Coach Cameron with Bo Byerly. Hi, Dave. How are you, Bo? I'm great. I'm great. So, Bo, tell us a little bit about yourself and your involvement in youth soccer before we kind of get into kind of some great analytics, basic analytics that you uh, spoke of uh, with me that brings you
3: here on this podcast it's kind of funny Dave first thing a a disclaimer uh to your listeners I'm not claiming to be a soccer coach right I'm not a soccer expert uh you know I have like a low level coaching license I got so I I feel like I'm a you know decent uh soccer dad but that's really my my soccer qualifications are I'm, I'm just a obsessive soccer dad uh however my my actual job uh, I've worked as a journalist for the past 25 years, so what I'm able to do, or what I'm supposed to be able to do, is take data, take information, right, synthesize it, and then present it. So I, I tried to take my strengths uh, and help, you know, not only my own children, but uh, the kids in the uh, youth soccer clubs that uh, I see and and uh, the parents that I interact with and 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 kind of be able to figure out through data, like what is the best way that we can uh serve our kids when it when it comes to soccer?
1: Well, one of the interesting things you bring out, um which was crazy fascinating for me, was when you were talking about contact hours. And it, it yeah. was uh it, it's an important to know and it it's a it can be a great tool for parents to really to see what they're getting for the, the amount they're paying for club. So can you talk yeah. a little bit about contact so hours?
3: So let's yeah, let's separate out first what, contact time, right? Contact hours. So luckily I uh have a relationship with Wolverhampton Wanderers, the Wolves, which is a Premier League franchise in England. Uh they were uh working with me putting together a couple of different things uh through the club that I volunteer and help uh Tuzos here in here in Phoenix FBSL. Uh, we were, we were making more of a marketing play. I was working with them on marketing, on, on some television uh, enterprises they wanted to begin. But they were very interested in youth soccer here in Arizona because I was here. Um, and as they explored it, I thought it would be great. The resource I wanted from them was not what I've seen a lot in youth soccer when it comes to involvement of larger professional franchises. I didn't want them to come here and give us a whole bunch of shirts and we call ourselves Wolves and, you know, we say that we're the Wolves Academy and we do all these things. But honestly, it's just it's a marketing play. Right. So I was like, what we really need is help with with coaching. They were kind enough to uh, put together some seminars. Uh, even Dave, some of your coaching staff has been a part of them. And, and and they're great. They're they're kind of pulling back the curtain on how a Premier League academy runs and what they look at as coaches so not to go way down deep into the rabbit hole of that but it was interesting that they kept on talking about contact time and I brought that back to when we did a tryout and brought together a bunch of kids uh, 16 to 20 years old to try out for the Wolverhampton Academy last summer Uh, the players that they saw they were really impressed with their raw talent but every To a man, every person, they would say, he just hasn't had enough contact time. How much contact time do you think he has? Contact time, contact time. So let's define contact time. It seems simple enough, but it's the amount of time that the athlete is receiving direct supervision from the coach. So that can be in a game. That can be in a training session, right? Think about having that coach there. Games are very important to youth development. And having that coach there, not only guiding your athlete but also guiding the rest of the team your your athlete is able to see how that works in a game right of course in training it's much more direct right the coach can work with the team he can work individually with the player all of this is contact time right so we've defined what contact time is so so parents can kind of get it get it in their head right if you, if you really want to develop an elite soccer player um you know a lot of it's luck right a lot of it's just raw talent but when it comes to things you can control this is something you can control and and my new kind of analogy i like to give parents let's say you're learning a language right how many people took french or german or a language that probably isn't that useful to you in high school right if you took a class in high school let's say you took german you're averaging about 3.4 contact hours a week, right? That's if I divide it out through the entire year and everything else. So so three and a half hours per week. Now, my question is, how how good is your German, right? Could, Could you go to Germany and speak German, right? Do you still remember it? So from that perspective, not speaking about money, but just speaking about contact time, If you're getting 3.5 hours and then you look at whatever it was in school that you learned for that 3.5 hours a week of contact time, how good are you at that, right? Yet we think that our kids are going to be Division I college athletes with three hours of contact time a week, right? Or four hours. So. That was the start, right? How much contact time are they getting? And and I looked at my kids personally, right? I had one kid that was playing in an elite platform on a large club here in Arizona. I, the coaches were great, right? The coaches' qualifications and their abilities were were outstanding. I really liked the coaches. But when... I took a look at Team Snap, which is the app that a lot of people use where, you know, it lists where when the games are, when the practices are. You can also look back and be like, oh, that practice was canceled because it was a Monday after a Sunday game. Or, you know, oh, we didn't have a field. Or, you know, here, one of the hardest things is getting a field, right? If you spill a cup of water in the city of Scottsdale, they'll close all the fields because they don't want them to flood, right? so. You know, some things outside their control. But I was looking at it, and I was realizing that my son was averaging five hours of contact time a week. Well, that's not really a lot. So I took a look at some other clubs. I've been lucky enough to to make friends with different coaches. Uh, I have a good relationship with a bunch of different uh, DOCs who run youth clubs. I, myself, uh, again, volunteer and help with FBSL Tuzos, which is a, a a great club based in Maryvale on the west side of Phoenix. Um, and so just looking at the contact time of certain clubs, I, I don't want to mention names, right? Because as a parent, you can figure this out yourself. And each situation is different. So I don't want to call out a club or a coach because, again, I don't think it's necessarily their fault in each situation. You, as a parent, just have to decide but I will tell you some that I've been impressed with, right? There's a club called uh, Playmakers, right? They're under our FBSL umbrella. Uh, they're based in North Phoenix and Scottsdale. And uh, for their older ages, I'm talking 10 years old and older, the kids are averaging like nine to 10 hours a week of contact time, right? I look at a club like Excel, which I, I, Dave, I know one of your kids played for. I've had kids play there. It's a club in Central Phoenix, right? They're averaging like, seven to eight, sometimes nine hours of contact time, depending on the team, right? Then I look at some very large clubs that have connections to franchises. Um, They play at an elite level, right? They're in MLS Next, or maybe they're in ECNL, which, again, I think the elite platforms are very valuable for competition, but I'm seeing contact time of five or six hours, Right? So I I don't know, Dave. I mean, as a coach, talk to me about, I mean, what do you see? What is the importance of contact time because sometimes I think we get so wrapped into coaches credentials or we get so wrapped into the level of competition that the athlete is playing that we kind of are ignoring the basic fact of like how much time is your kid spending a week learning the craft?
1: It's uh w- w- I think it has a lot to do with passion too. We get confused with, you know, earning an income and actually affecting change. And I like to affect change. When, when I first started out, I, I, I charged an amount and it was kind of equivalent across the board when I was running the Arizona hammers back in the day. And you decided how much contact time you wanted, but the, the price was the same. I was training my kids, um, four or five times a week, uh two hours a night. Just because I, I was I wanted to play a certain way, so I, we would dribble a ton and and to do all the basics and try to add tactics, it, it was impossible. So I did crazy amounts of of time. And and I get you could probably network that time a little differently, like, you know, train at home, work on your techniques so we could work on the tactics during our contact hours of Tuesday, Thursday or Monday, Wednesday based on facilities available. Um. yeah, it's it's a fine line of of trying to figure out what, what is best. But I think it, it comes in terms of
3: – But more is better. I mean, more, right? <laughs> more,
1: more is definitely better, and it, it's – and time's valuable. Like I, I coach right now, uh, State 48, and my contact time is horrible. Like because uh, I'm in high school, I'm d- doing college, but I don't charge – so, and I get assistant coaches to cover it and, and, and you know, so.
3: there's there's other aspects to it where, like, especially now in the youth space here in Arizona, there's a lot of private coaching that is going on, right? I know parents who do a hobby, who used to be one of your former players, runs a place called Growth Soccer Academy. There's Octane. There's, I'm trying to think, there's some other ones. Uh, I, all these things are great, right? So, yeah, as a parent, if you look at it, And, and again, I invite parents, they should, they should sit down and really break down how much contact time is my child getting, right? And if they're like, God, that number's not enough, right? What I've seen is, is, is a lot of these private training, uh, Javi, who used to be one of your players, runs a place called Growth Soccer. There's AZ Soccer Lab, there's Octane. Um, you know, so these are like outside ventures that like are in addition to your club training, I know parents that use these, so, you know, I mean, I don't think this is a bad solution. If you look at your child's team and you're like, this isn't enough contact hours, then here's a way you can supplement it, right? So, I mean, these things are happening. These things are existing. I think they're great that they're there, but, you know, as a parent, I I also want the ability of my child to just go somewhere and get the training. I don't want to have to, like, manage all these different, like, oh, private training, you know, now we got to take him to team training. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being picky, but, um, you know, that's, it's you know, Dave, I, I don't know. What do you think is the difference when we look at quality of contact hour private training versus training with your team? Do you think that there's a big gap in the quality or do you think that honestly the development is the same? I,
1: I think it, 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 there's a lot of factors to it. Like, yeah, you'll go to say the soccer lab or go to, um, uh, hobbies, uh, what's hobbies called again, growth, 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 growth yeah. soccer. Um, if you're not allowed to apply techniques, you've learned offsite to your team, like you're not allowed to do a certain move. Cause you know, I could, I could see coaches like, you know, have a little, you know, ego to it. Like, don't do that. That's not what we do here. Kind of, you know, ego stuff like that. Um, if, if coaches don't allow these kids to be creative and make decisions on their own, it's it's not really going to matter because the mental side is going to be very huge because every Saturday when they play, it could be mental trauma depending where they're from and where they're at.
3: Okay, so I think another way to look at this, right? And it's funny. I, I actually was lucky enough to have a meeting the other day with uh, a commissioner of a national elite platform. And the first thing he said to me is like, one day we hope to make this free right? Jesse Sedana, who's the guy who runs Tuzos, who I, I I jokingly work for. I must not work for him because I've never made any money. So to me, I'm not working for him. I volunteer for him. But um, all these, you know, that's what our goal is at Tuzos and FBSL is like every kid gets to play no matter their financial situation. Dave, I was lucky enough when I first met you and which is how I met Jesse, uh, you were running a program here that was basically free to the kids and um, Here at Phoenix College, we started a small thing called Oso's. um, And again, the idea was like, let's take money out of the equation. That's all well and good, but let's be honest. Things cost money, right? And so especially depending on where you live, knowing somebody uh, who runs a club, me personally, trying to help run a club, getting fields, having to pay coaches for their time, like these things cost money. So I took this contact hour thing And then I wanted to add in the idea of money. Okay, well, how much am I paying for contact hours, right? So it's easy to just look at a group and be like, oh, if I played for X team, then I'm getting eight to 10 to 12 hours of contact time. Great, right? Or I'm playing for Y team, I'm only getting four hours. But you know what? Maybe that's all you want, right? We all, I think what's great is as a parent, if you can take a step back and be like, what is it that my child wants? What is it that I want for my child, right? And where is my child at, right? not every child needs 10 to 12 hours of contact time, right? If your goal is, is like, I, I look at my oldest son, hey, you know, it'd be great. I want him to play in high school. I want him to play a sport in high school. I want him to play soccer. He loves the sport of soccer, right? But he is not striving to play college soccer, right? And his skill level is probably not of that to even, you know, sometimes as a parent, we have to be honest with our kids. and our, And if our kids are are smart enough, which they usually are. Our kids are usually much smarter than we are. They will also know and be like, you know what? Realistically, I'm not going to play D1 soccer. I'm not going to be a professional soccer player. So you can be a part of a club or a part of a team that only practices two times a week. And you're only getting four or five hours of contact time. But maybe it's a great experience, right? So now the question becomes, well, how much am I paying for contact hour? So this is where it got interesting, right? Let's let's start with a baseline. Like I said about, you know, learning Spanish or learning German and you only took a, a class in high school and it didn't really pay off, you know, and that was, you know, three and a half hours of contact time a week. So if you send your kid to private school, I mean like a good private school, like Profi or Phoenix Country Day or whatever. So I did the math. You're basically paying about 17, 16, 17, 18 dollars an hour for contact time at the private school, right? This is for a high-level education. So what am I paying for with soccer? Well, I took a look at two programs. One of them was an MLS Next team. One of them was another elite platform team. And I took the money that had been spent. Now, one of them was me. So it was the money that I had spent up to that point, right? And I and I did it through the year so I could get a fair number and i had a friend whose son played mls next and i kind of did the same thing and i did the same numbers and we looked at the training time and we looked at the teams and we added in of course the money you spend to travel because that's not a that's not a frivolous expense like the reason you're paying money for your kid to travel to california or utah or texas or florida is because the competition and what they're doing is growing them as a soccer player so that should also count into the equation but here's what Just blew my mind. How much do you think per hour, Dave, these parents, me being one of them, were paying per hour for contact time?
1: I would say $25 an (laughs)
3: hour. I wish it was $25 an hour. (laughs) It was, it was, one was $37 an hour, the other was $42 an hour, right? $40, think about that. When you're sitting in your car when it's freezing cold or here in Phoenix when it's 110 degrees, when you're sitting in your car watching your kid out practicing, right? When you're before the game sitting there setting up the VO cam or whatever and your kid's you know, warming up around the cones or during the game when your kid is either sitting on the bench, which kids need to do that as well, or out in the field playing, you're paying like 40 bucks an hour, right? For every single hour your kid is getting contact with the coach, you're paying forty bucks an hour, right?
1: So, so, so to clarify, do you base that off the schedule? What about the times so, the coach isn't there?
3: Well, right? I mean, I, look, I, I,
1: and is a I, I, substitute is there?
3: So, this is—I don't want to get too far off on a tangent, but I, I believe—and again, I again, I am not a soccer coach, right? I'm not trying to pretend I'm a soccer coach. I'm just looking at things strictly as an, as an observer, right. And as a journalist taking in information and trying to synthesize it in most situations, the difference between a really high level coach and a good coach, I I don't think is, is that much when it comes to training youth soccer players, right? Dave, you have a guy on your staff here, uh, Blastomir, who I think is probably the, one of the best minds in soccer i have i have seen I think you agree with that he, Jesse at Tuzos agrees with that yeah. r s l where he coaches they agree with that I mean, like everybody agrees Vladimir is absolutely brilliant right
1: he's he's a he's a genius of the game, but like he it, but but it's amazing
3: and so you know is awesome now, if I take another coach that I see who is one of our guys at Tuzos, not like our top coach, but maybe a coach who coaches like a a second team or a B team. And, you know, he also has a real nine to five job. And like he comes in and his experiences is that, you know, he played adult leagues and like he played in high school, you know, I look at the difference in the training, and while there is a difference in the training, the fact that my kid is still getting that contact time is still valuable to them. And I look at where my kid is at skill-wise, right? As a 10- or 11-year-old kid, the stuff that's in Vlastomir's brain is not able to, like, be put in that child and and get him to that level, right? So it's kind of like as long as there is a certain level met of coaching. So to your point, Dave, this number is based off of the amount of actual hours that they were either at training or at a match, including pregame warmups, right? Because I think there's a lot to learn about pregame and pregame warmups and, and you know, when the coach is going over tactics. That, that, to me, is all contact hours. So I was agnostic about which coach was involved with the team because the other team I looked at uh, through my friend, like, I mean, you know, I could look at their team snap and see when practices actually happen and how many games they played, but it doesn't. it's not marked in there oh, the assistant's covering, or oh, we're mixing them with another age group because the other coach is doing something else. I, I don't think that that's as important as the actual amount. But again, 40 bucks an hour for contact time. Now, if you think you're getting the value in that, great, right? But I want parents to do the math themselves. That's why I don't want to sit here and just list all the clubs and stuff because, again, there could be different variables, different age groups. There could be different things that are involved. But as a parent, this is what you need to do. Look at your team snap. Look at your your schedule, your sports engine, whatever it's on, right? Add up all the hours of training, right? For every match, I would just add two hours, right? because the match itself is 80 minutes, 70 minutes, 90 minutes, plus pregame, you know, which again, I think is valuable time, and even post game, I think is valuable time for the player. you know, there's a lot of understanding that goes on uh, and a lot of a lot of information being given to the player depending on the coach. So add all that up, take the amount of money you spent, uniform, uh, travel. Training fees, tournament fees, you know, whatever fees. It seems every time you turn around, there's another fee. And and there's your number. There is what you're paying per hour of contact time. To give a little bit of perspective, right, um, I took one of our teams at Tuzos, right? So it's going to be a lot cheaper. First of all, the fields are cheaper, right? So the training fields are cheaper, and that helps, right? Also, we really push a lot of games, right? Uh, FBSL, all of our teams, we push a lot of games. We host games. We have games at, you know, Desert West. We have games at at, at at Phoenix Events Complex or, you know, used to be Fear Farm. Or like We'll play anybody anywhere, like games, 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 games. So that helps with the contact time. But for your average Tuzos team, and one of these, th- this includes teams that travel to regionals, in Idaho because they win state cup or win the you know, APL or whatever. And so this includes travel too. This isn't just a team that stays in Maricopa County, $9 an hour, right? Eight to $9 an hour as compared to 40, right? So are, is what you're getting four times better than what we're offering. Right. Uh,
1: and, and I, and I would say like you talk about contact hours and, and affordability and stuff. I, I put uh, my son Jack into Tuzos for three years and the, it's hard to do the contact hours with Tuzo's because it's more than that because uh, my son, because of the relationship with this Tuzo's team, they also played on a Friday night league, which wasn't Tuzo's, but it was Tuzo's. Like yeah. they played, and and the the culture, the the parties they have in the team building that they created, but it wasn't by design. It was by culture. And that was invaluable uh, for my son.
3: So just a couple of standouts, right? A couple of standouts. I want to mention, um, so, again, uh, Tuzos, you know, depending on the team, but we're talking about, like, a top team, one that travels, goes to Idaho, you know, goes to California, paying about $9 a contact hour, right? And you added in that, you know, you play for Tuzos, there's a couple other hours that we don't necessarily account for. Um, I looked at Playmakers, right? I actually, after doing this research, I moved my kid to Playmakers because I was like, I, I, I need him to get the training that he desires, and I need him to get the contact hours. And, like, Playmakers is about $17 an hour. And this is a team that's going to Dallas Cup. I mean, including travel and everything else, $17 an hour. And, again, that was the one that was, like, nine to ten hours of contact time a week, right? And, again, it can be the coach, right? I always tell parents, find the coach. The coach is more important than the club, right? The coach is more beneficial to the club. There's a guy, and I know you know him, Tim, or you know him, David. His name is Tim Grafey, right? Tim is a great guy. Um, He's a great coach. He puts so much work in every single kid, no matter their level, right? And so I looked at Tim's team, and, and Tim is like 12 bucks an hour, right? And his teams are getting like five and a half, almost six hours of contact time right? And these teams are not elite level teams. These are not ECNL teams or MLS next teams, right? These are, uh, you know, just regular competitive in Arizona soccer teams. But again, you can get value and it doesn't matter the club. But Tim right now coaches at RSL. RSL has a lot of great coaches and great programs. You just have to find the right one. Um, But funny, Dave, and and this is why I brought this to you and why the conversation started. So again, I met Dave. uh, i started bringing my kids here. And then I was lucky enough to meet a lot of really great uh, families who were uh, refugee families, uh, mostly from Ethiopia. Uh, I had met them playing soccer with, uh, you know, my son playing soccer with them. And so I brought them and I brought all these uh, kids here and Dave had found a lot of great kids, uh, families that were bringing their kids here to to PC to just start playing just three V three small sided soccer and Dave, would work with the kids, and then we were like, oh, let's build a team. So we we built a team called Osos, um, and we ran it for about two years. And, you know, we were giving these kids like four nights a week of practice. We would have two nights a week of training, and we would have two nights a week of the open play at Phoenix College under Dave's supervision. Uh, one of Dave's former players, uh, Arturo Ancira, uh, was the coach. And You know, he volunteered his time. We were all just volunteers, Right but Arturo was incredible for the kids, right? They always wanted to hear what he had to say. So again, it doesn't matter that Arturo is not an A license or a B license coach, right? He knows how to play soccer and just being around the kids in that contact time helped them. So just a real quick aside, a lot of those kids went on to play and they're playing right now, and it's still youth, but they're playing at very high levels of youth soccer. And these were kids that were not playing club soccer before they came to Oso's. I did the whole math because I still had the spreadsheets and what I charged the parents for, you know, we had to especially during COVID, like you know, we were having to move to Peoria or wherever we could get fields and pay for fields, so I had all the spreadsheets from all the money and what everybody paid. Dave, how much do you think per contact hour Osos was?
1: Eleven.
3: A dollar eighty nine. Oh geez. It was a dollar eighty nine. These kids played like 50 games. I, look, I mean, it's never going to be that, right? This was the perfect storm of a guy like Dave Cameron who was volunteering his time, a guy like uh, Coach Arturo, Arturo and Ciro, who was volunteering his time, a um, uh, Jesse Sedena at uh, at at Tuzos, uh, you know, you know, helped us get the registration and the cards and all and all that stuff. And Jesse never takes a dime for anything um, related to to kids club playing soccer. But yeah. is really not possible, but $10 to $15, you know, I think that's a good number, right? So now you have two things to judge as a parent, right? How many hours is my kid getting and how much am I paying for it, right? Now, what is the sweet spot? I think that's really for the parent and the child to decide, right? I've decided with one of my children, I need him to be getting 10 hours of contact time a week. And I think that getting a value of $15 to $17 an hour for those 10 hours is completely worth it, right? For my other child, I think that five hours of contact time is great. And I think that, you know, paying $12 an hour is is a great price, right? So, As a parent, this is where you need to make decisions, right? I think a lot of times, and Dave, I know you talk about crazy soccer parents, and I'll be the first to admit that I am a completely insane soccer parent, right? And and I know we're crazy about things, but sometimes as a parent, step back and take a look at what you can control, right? You can't control how many minutes your kid plays. You can't control, you know, where your kid plays in the field. You can't control the level of competition your kid plays, right? you know, they control that, right? Their abilities control that. But what you can control is how much money do you spend and how many hours of contact time is your kid getting? So Dave, I appreciate you, you know, letting me come on and kind of give my little crazy spiel. Um, But I really think it's, it's important to not just criticize parents but also give them tools to empower themselves, to make the right decisions because every kid can't be elite, right? Every kid cannot be an elite soccer player, but every kid has the ability to reach their highest potential. And it's your responsibility as a parent to put them in situations where they can succeed.
1: Absolutely. And and I love how you kind of put it all out there that there there's a, a you know, a basic formula that anyone can do to figure out where they're at. And if you can find a club and depending on finances, you know, like I can't, I can't afford these big clubs and stuff, but what I can afford potentially is like, all right, if I pick a club that's the contact hours are like, say anywhere from five to 10, if I could find one in that range. And then with my savings that it would normally be 25 or $30 contact time, I could go to the soccer lab or go growth training or go get some private training to offset some things that I want for my child to improve their technique. So you can, you can evaluate uh, your budget's a little bit better versus putting everything in one club, one team.
3: It, you're right. Unless, you? Unless that club and team is, look, I will be the first to admit that across the board, Real Salt Lake or RSL Arizona, right? If you look at their MLS next teams in a lot of situations, those teams are the best teams in the state, right? And if your kid is playing there and they're practicing four nights a week, and they're going, and they're playing high-level competition in games, and your coach is somebody like Paul Rideout, who I have a huge amount of respect for, then, you know, and I don't know. I didn't do the contact hours for RSL's MLS Next team. I think it's less than some of the other MLS Next teams I took a look at because they do train more, right? And your kid gets to go. If your kid truly is elite, they're going to send them to Salt Lake City to be in that academy. Like, yeah, that's worth it, right? But... You got you to gotta really you gotta really boil it down, right? If your kid goes to Barca Academy in Casa Grande, like, you know, it, it may be worth it, right? But that's you as a parent that needs to decide that, right? You have to step back enough to be like, is this the right place for my child? And then, like you said, what am I paying for? Because who knows? Your kid could play at a bunch of different clubs. Your kids could play with us at, at Tuzos. They could play with one of our, like, you know, neighborhood. I know a guy, uh, his name, ah. Uh, why can't I remember his name? Uh, he runs Halcones, right? He, 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 him and his wife, they do trainings uh, on like Twenty Third Avenue in McDowell. I took my kid there once, right? He trains those kids for like two and a half, three hours, right? He barely charges. He doesn't charge anything for those kids, right? And those kids are learning how to play, and they're doing great, right? I look at a guy like. Anthony Espinosa in Tucson who runs Spartans and a lot of those kids he finds ways to get things paid for and those kids are getting a lot of contact hours so as a parent educate yourself find these places and and set yourself what does my child need how many hours of contact time do I think they need and what am I willing to pay for it and and, and I think when you when you do that you're gonna put yourself in a pretty good position
1: absolutely and it's a great information this is a great podcast the parents are going to love this one because they always get messages of kind of what uh you know what club to choose and i get all these questions about what what they do real quick this is
3: good how many just a a quick aside because you bring that up and and this is the thing i don't want to tell parents this is the only club you should play for here's the best club to play for because i don't know i'm not a soccer coach right but your kids have played for what four or five different clubs Right, mine, mine have. I, my, my kids constantly change clubs because I'm trying to find the best place for them. So there is no magic answer. There is no magic bullet because things change and variables change. But again, this is a formula that you can use. So at least you're educating yourself.
1: Absolutely, and and of course, math can solve all. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, and, and, you know, for me, like when my son was playing. Or Tuzos or anywhere, I would take stats. How long was he on the field? How many touches he got on the ball? That matters too, especially over time, because that's a good indicator if he's having success in that team or or with that coach. So math does solve all, uh, keep, keep track of all that. But we got to run, but thank you so much, Bo. Thank uh, you,
3: Dave. I appreciate gr- it. Gr-
1: great insight uh, um, as always when I talk to you. So appreciate it. And uh, uh, thanks for being on the show. No problem. All right. Thanks, Bob. That's our show. I was muted. And thanks for uh, being here with me. And I apologize for all the craziness I said in the very beginning of the show. And I'm sorry for absolutely nothing. And we're going to close out that show with Eric Berhalter or Greg Berhalter kicking his girlfriend repeatedly. Because we don't know how hard he kicked his uh, girlfriend, now wife. But this might give you an idea how he beat her down. And we'll see you next Sunday, 8 p.m., Mount Center Time. Peace out.